Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. To the bank. Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips. Yes, it's the end of the regular season, and that means Ollie and Will are back after a New Year hiatus. We're going to look at uh, that end of the regular season, the wildcard weekend, discuss the MVP race, see where the sides swung on Black Monday, go through the rest of the news, get to your Twitter questions. I'm so excited! It's the Gridiron Show! So, Ollie, me doing the intro. Uh, that is my favourite one you've ever done. It, it was pretty good. I pre I I wrote some bullet points so that I wouldn't forget. <laughs> um, you know, that's as far as my preparation for this show has gone. Uh, Will Felice Anonovo. Ah, Felice Anonovo. Uh, I said to the bang to some Portuguese people. And they looked at me in a distinctly unimpressed fashion. But otherwise, I had a wonderful time in Portugal. Uh, but I am glad to be back talking with you, even if we're not together, because there was some talk about you coming around to do the podcast after work. Um, and to be honest, there are holiday clothes strewn everywhere and a Christmas tree still up because we haven't taken it down yet. There's a lot. When are you meant on. to take it down? Uh, today it's normally the fifth of January, so actually it's not until tomorrow technically. But my niece's birthday tomorrow, f- number oh. one. Well, happy birthday to her. I did see you post pictures of her both in a Green Bay hat and a Vikings hat, so... I mean, yeah, she looked better in my sister's Vikings hat, um, but she was ill, so when she took the Green Bay hat um, picture, she didn't take the picture, I took the picture, Um, but she, yeah, she looked cute. Babies in oversized NFL hats look great. Fact. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, we are in association with Touchdown Trips, as Ollie said. If you've got the latest edition of Gridiron Magazine, you may well have spotted just a few pages in with some of the playoff teams confirmed. They've done a little uh, a little look at some of the cities you could visit, including, of course, Foxborough, Massachusetts, for the Patriots who will be hosting at least one playoff game. Let's be honest, two playoff games, really, uh, at uh, uh, up in New England. Uh, so if you go to Touchdown Trips, uh, facebook.com forward slash Touchdown Trips, or head to touchdowntrips.com. If you're interested in booking something up for the playoffs, then they'll be able to sort you out with a great deal. And if not for the playoffs, if you're looking for next year, get in and register your interest for our trip for next season. Bright and early, we are going to be heading to the Dirty South. Dirty it's South. Great Dirty. fun. Cannot wait Nasty. for it. People have fired in a lot of suggestions already. <laughs> Naughty. With that, we're desperately going to try and Zippy State or whatever they're called, the uh, team from um, the Netflix documentary Last Chance You, uh, as one of our trips while we're out there. But there's going to be loads of stuff going on. It's going to be fantastic. So go there and check that out. Uh, Ollie, there's loads for us to talk about, but basically we need to start the show by doing a fat load of plugging. Um, so okay. let's just say, coming up later on this show, 
Uh, I'm. We and Ollie are going to discuss the playoff picture, which teams we think uh, are going to head to Super Bowl 51, which teams we'd like to head to Super Bowl 51. It's kind of a little late after Week 17, slash, it was a bit of a lack of a week in terms of, you know, 13 out of 16 games really didn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll discuss that. We'll discuss uh, the hirings and firings, who should go where, what sort of hires people should be looking for. And we'll talk about the MVP race as well. Take your questions from Twitter. All of that coming up. Well, I, I mean, I did put that all in the opener, but that's fine. I don't mind you repeating that because maybe I wasn't particularly legible. Uh, you, were, you were full of passion, and that is the main thing, Mon Brav. Oh, thanks, mate. Uh, it feels like a bit of a backhanded compliment, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to take it. Um, yeah. yeah, great. Take it, take it with that pinch of salt with which it's meant. Um, I mentioned there the new magazine. It is out now, all aboard the J train on the front cover. Choo-choo! Gridiron-magazine.com <laughs> to uh, get your subscription or to buy the individual edition. And this is our Gridiron special report on NFL in the UK, with the four games being announced. If you've been a regular listener to, listener to the podcast, you'll have heard some of our roundtable with Jeff, uh, Ryan Bold and Neil Reynolds. We've got Alistair Kirkwood in there as well. Our discussion with all of them. There's an exclusive chat with Jay Ajayi. Uh, and there's also sorry, an exclusive... J- uh, sorry, <laughs> London-born Jay Ajayi. Thank you very much. Thank uh, you. As well as Clark Hunt, the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs and the head of the NFL's international committee. Guy. Loads of really good stuff in there. Also, the rise of OC Humanura from uh, uh, quarterback wrecker to media darling in the UK. There's a big feature in an interview with him. Uh, there's loads of great stuff in here. Uh, we also talk about the final four in the college, obviously now the final two. But we talk about that as well. So loads of great stuff in there. Go and check that out, gridiron-magazine.com. And while you're there, you can go to gridiron-magazine.com forward slash Super Bowl L-I. Just a second. Let me see. I'm going to do that now. Gridiron. Sorry, carry on. Hyphenmagazine.com forward slash Super Bowl L-I. Super Bowl. All one word? Yeah, all one word. Because it's a URL. Thanks. So It looks like Super Bowly. Super Bowly. Super Bowly. <laughs> Super Bowly. Um... um where you can buy tickets to our Super Bowl party 2017. Page not found. Okay, maybe held. I did something wrong here. Sorry, carry on. Carry on. Uh, being held, Super Bowl, two L's, L-I, uh, being held at the Bloomsbury Bowl ends again. Uh, four big screens this time out, plus lots of extra additional TVs around the place. Bowling, uh, we're going to have big prize giveaways again. There's loads going to be going on. Tickets just £10, include a free beer, and there are group deals on there, and there are group deals with bowling included as well. I'll tell you what, Will. I mean, we bang on about this quite a lot. It's a great great day out I mean well it's a great evening out because you're with everybody else who is there to watch the football it's American themed it's really easy to get to it's just a great day it's just it's just great the screens are there I love it if I wasn't going to the Super Bowl I'd definitely be going there we have probably sold a fifth of the tickets already get out of town which might not sound like a huge amount, but considering it's been a rather soft launch whilst I've been away for New Year's, uh, this will sell out. I have absolutely no doubt. Well, they've sold out the last two years, so it's going to happen. We were turning... Last year, we turned people away on the door. Yeah, we did. I mean, more fool them for not getting tickets earlier. So, guys, go out there, get your tickets, because it really is worth it. Get ahead of that curve. Super Bowl... 
li after the gridiron magazine.com or go to our twitter at gridiron and you'll find a link there final plug before we get into the football chat uh we've set one of those super bowl challenge games i'm sure you've seen nfl uk tweeting away about it superbowlchallenge.nfl.com uh and you can join if you search for the gridiron magazine sb challenge uh, or there is a code which we've tweeted out from our Twitter at Gridiron as well. You go on, you predict who's going to win each of the playoff matches, mm-hmm. um, and you get points based on if teams go on runs, if various different bits and pieces. And um, the overall winner will win a prize from my back room. I mean, <laughs> which back room are we talking? Because you have two back rooms. The guest room in my house. Okay, there's some, there's some good swag in there, guys. Uh, let me tell you. Even the if it's there's some gloves yeah, yeah. worn by uh, 49ers safety. Uh, whoa, 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 you can't give those away. Yeah, you did steal those from the locker room for me. So. For a pre- that was a present. Hashtag allegedly. Um, <laughs> That'd be a great shout, actually, yeah. I- I'm just saying what some of the swag in there is. I'm not saying that's what they're going to get. Oh, fine. Good, good, good. <laughs> it's not like a lucky dip. And There's a, there's a signed Ronnie Lott's uh, Hall of Fame jersey. You're definitely not having that. I don't want that. Yeah, but no one else is having it either. Okay, so you were saying, like, you, as in the listeners, are not getting that. What's your most prized piece of sporting memorabilia? Or it doesn't necessarily need to be memorabilia, but, like, it could be from, like, a a programme from where you've been to a game. It could be a shirt. It could could be anything. What's your your numero uno, buddy? It's the thing that I bought most recently. Go on. My white away Packers jersey number 22 Aaron Ripkowski <laughs> did you like that my gif was Aaron Ripkowski I did, I spiking did. the ball for uh, our Twitter questions I really did I really <laughs> did love that I, I mean we'll talk about it later but I love this guy I, I mean, know you love this guy and I've been on the Aaron Ripkowski uh, is it a train I don't know I've been on the bandwagon the bandwagon the Ripkowski bandwagon from the beginning even when Kuhn was there and now he's, it's all coming home to roost you're king of the Ripkowski bandwagon. I really am. I really am, yeah. How long have we been recording for without talking about real football? Uh, ten minutes. Excellent. Good stuff. Uh, we've got loads of your questions to get to on Twitter as well, including Rob, who asks, what factor sun cream did I use one on my jollies? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I was on my jollies. I used factor 30. Normally I'm a 50 man. But what was the temperature in, in January in the Algarve? About 18 degrees at the high points in the day. Oh, Sun, yeah. And then it got pretty cold in the evening. Yeah, we got yeah. fires on yeah. the go. We barbecued a lot of meat and a lot of fish. We had an outdoor barbecue pit. And we cooked most of our food on there. I made Mashkani a... Peshi. Uh, indeed. Yeah. I'm, I made a banging chorizo stew one night, which went down pretty well. Full of red wine and beans. Stew like con chorizo y... Vinho tinto <laughs> e fish feijão. There you go. Mate, I would have been. I would have been brilliant. Should, well, should have been there. well, you know. Oh, I've got to go skiing with my real friends. I didn't get an invite. I did not get an email. You would have got an invite if you weren't going skiing with your buddies. Oh, I wasn't skiing at the same time. Uh, you're not going to go on two holidays. No, I mean that's a good point. I couldn't afford it. I needed to work. There you go. See, I didn't want to the kick in the balls of you being invited for New Year's and then having to turn it down. You would have been gutted. Thanks, mate. Thanks. You, so, yeah, you know, I've only got your best interest at you always, And that's the thing. Sometimes you do. 
<laughs> Look, uh, week 17 in the NFL, mate. There isn't a huge amount that we need to talk about. Whoa, 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 massively. Whoa. The Patriots top the AFC yet again uh, with that win over the Dolphins. Uh, Tony Romo got under centre. His lone drive of 2016 ended with a touchdown pass and pretty gleeful celebration. He's that checking out to the pass to uh, to Terrence Williams on the outside just showed how he still has great talent with there. Do you um, think that'll be his last pass as a Dallas Cowboy? No, I don't. Do you think he's going to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> I think he's going to come in, win the Super Bowl in amazing fashion later on. Yeah, it probably is, but, you know, unless... If they're either absolutely tonking someone in the playoffs, I can imagine them bringing him off the bench, or if they're losing spectacularly and they want him to go out there and get the last few throws as a cowboy, maybe. Those could both be possibilities. And uh, Washington fell apart at the seams right at the end. Uh, Seattle fell into the three seed, the Falcons moving up to the two, as they deserve based on this season's play. And as called by Willie Gavin a good seven weeks ago, the Chiefs came in the second seed and have a bye. Well, there, and there are other things to talk about around that. Hashtag um, smug. Uh, the, the Texans brought back Osweiler because well, the refs is- removed Savage from the game because of concussion. And actually, the refs for once did something, did something right because Savage was then out of the game and it looks like he's out for next week as well. Uh, but what we're going to do, we're going to talk about the coaches sacked, we're going to talk about the moves and the shakers. We will do, there'll be a preview pod later this week and we're going to get on a few guests to talk about the teams, where games can be won and lost. We'll even talk about Texans Raiders, even though it's going to be, as announced today, Connor Cook against Brock Osweiler. <sighs> Sigh. Uh, we've got, it's a great slate of games for this weekend though. Miami-Pittsburgh, Green Bay, New York Giants, hmm... I wonder what happened the last time those two teams played in the playoffs. Wait, at the Lambeau last two Field, times yeah. those teams played in the playoffs at Lambeau Field. These, either these things come in threes or it's not <laughs> going to happen for a third time. Okay? Uh, and Detroit-Seattle. So we're going to preview all of those games this weekend. But here's my question for you, Ollie. With the Super Bowl Challenge game in mind, I went on there and I put it together. And what I decided to pitch with my Super Bowl Challenge game was... Rather than picking exactly what I thought it would be, I decided to go for a realistic preference. So I went through the order and I picked people who I genuinely thought could win, but who I would want to win the games. Okay? Okay. So I want to ask you, who would be your... And this comes... same question comes in from Adam Barton about what's your Super Bowl matchup. Sure. Talk me through how you would like the playoffs to go and how you actually think they will go. Okay, so I would like... I'll do this chronology, chronolo- chronologically uh, with the first game. Raiders at Texans. That's how, that's how chronological Exactly. Um, I would like the Raiders to win because I dislike Brock Osweiler's play. I don't yeah. know him as a person, so therefore I don't know, you know, and we might meet him. So I, that would be really awkward if he, you know, if he was listening and then he would go, who's this English guy that's been rip on, ripping on me for the whole uh, for the whole season? I think the Texans will win it because their defense is playing fantastically, but I want the Raiders to win that. And particularly at home. And particularly because they're at home, which, by the way, is ludicrous because the Raiders had, I think it was two more wins or three more wins than... The Texans. Yeah, it, 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 we've done. The, we did this last year. It it 
basically really annoys me. Reaching to the choir, buddy. I uh, the next game is Seattle hosting the Lions. I would like the Lions to beat Seattle, but I think it might be the other way around. But Seattle have been so streaky, but maybe they're saving it for the playoffs. I, I can't work out Seattle right. because they did this last year, didn't they? Yeah, Ollie, I'm gonna I'm gonna expedite this process. Okay, because you're going through it each like that. Just well, that's what you me. asked. Yeah, it's. But I realised it's going to be a drawn-out process. We're going to preview all these games at the weekend. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay, okay. So, um, I want the Lions to go through, but I think Seattle might... But that's up in the air. Um, and then the next game... I want Just the- saying the same thing quicker is not the same thing. Tell Ste- me Steelers. Who, you, who the four teams you want to win that, that right. those games uh, this weekend. Raiders, Steelers, Lions, Packers. Okay. In which, in that situation... Raiders, Steelers, Lions, Packers. Packers would face the Falcons. Yep. Lions would face the Cowboys. Yep. It'd be Raiders, Patriots, Steelers, Chiefs. Yep. Who are your AFC and NFC games considering that? See, I, I mean, obviously Raiders um, against the Steelers, because I love Antonio Brown. Okay. And on the other side, Packers, Lions. Right, Okay. Then who would be? Then the Super Bowl, I guess, would be Packers Raiders. No, Packers Steelers, because I would like to see the Steelers, um, and I love Antonio Brown. Interesting. Now, uh, here's how. Now, uh, realistically, how do you think it's going to play out? Let's put our Super Bowl challenge up there. F- who do you think are going to be the four winners in the in the early in the early stage? Uh, Patriots. No, oh, who, sorry, who, sorry, 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 sorry. Texans, Steelers. Packers, Seahawks. Okay. Then who wins the divisional rounds? Then you've got Patriots, Steelers. No, no, no. no. Chiefs. Patriots, Chiefs. Chiefs because they're at home. Patriots, Chiefs. And then Packers, head reading, um, heart reading head, uh, Cowboys. Okay. And then the... Packers, I guess, beat the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game. We're on a roll. And the Chiefs beat the Patriots? Running the playoffs. Uh, the Patriots will beat the Chiefs. Oh, boo. But I don't want that to happen, but I think that might happen. But I love the so, Chiefs. So Packers, Patriots in Houston. Yes. And the Packers obviously win it, right? Yeah, yeah. What have I you would, gone? I'm not going to lie. I would love to see Packers, Patriots in Houston. You sat next to Matt Sherry. It would uh, be a the glorious. Gridiron Super Bowl derby. It would be a gridiron Super Bowl derby. Let's be honest. There's no chance of Liam's Jets or my 49ers getting there in the near future. Do you still support the 49ers? We'll get onto that when we talk about (laughs) Okay, fine. So here's what I've gone for. (laughs) Yep. Texans, Steelers, Packers, Seahawks, week one. Texans, Steelers, Packers. Yeah, okay. That's who you want to win. No, this is this is what I put down on my Super Bowl challenge. Fine, fine. It's a combination of what I want to happen and what will happen. Okay. Patriots, Chiefs, Falcons, Packers to win in week two. Whoa, Cowboys, no, no, no. Put the, whoa, whoa, but don't the Packers face not if the, the Falcons? No, not if the Seahawks win. The Seahawks win, they face the Falcons, and then the Packers face the Cowboys because the Cowboys are the one seed. Oh, yeah, because they, they automatically have to face the lowest seed team. Yeah. Okay. Pa- Packers then beat the Falcons in a shootout in yeah. Atlanta, Yeah. whilst the Chiefs beat the Patriots because... I hadn't thought about the Matt Sherry angle. And then the Packers win the Super Bowl over the Kansas City Chiefs in a replay. Of Super Bowl 1! Super Bowl 1. 
50 Super Bowls later. Wow. 50 years later. Yeah, yeah. 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 There you go. That was that was my run. So people wanted to have an idea. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen, but you know, that's what I want to see. I'd what would to be see. your Packers Chiefs would be my ideal Super Bowl based on who's still in the playoffs. What would be the worst Super Bowl that you could imagine watching? Oh, it, from a personal perspective? Yeah. Seeing Seahawks Patriots again 2 years later. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Because even though it turned out one of the best Super Bowls we've ever seen, A, I don't think we'd get a game that good again because I don't think... I know the Seahawks would have to pick up their play to get to that point, but I actually think the Patriots would blow out this current Seahawks team. Um, And I I want entertainment. And I think entertainment comes from the Packers Mm -hmm. because they're so exciting offensively in the last six weeks. And I think the Chiefs are one of the most fun teams watching football, whether people like it or not. My problem with the Chiefs is the takeaways are, pro- are potentially not sustainable. And they have had the highest turnover differential by a country mile over this ridiculous run they've had over the last 21 games or so. That doesn't continue in playoff football because you're going up against much better opposition. Can they do it on offense and special teams alone? Can Tyree kill? carry this team to a Super Bowl yeah. I'm not so sure so I imagine the Patriots would beat them in Foxborough but you know I wanted a combination of wish of hope and uh, expectation I like that where can people go to uh, join us on that uh, I said it earlier I can't remember it now is I'm it fine, so. um, it's oh wait I've got it <laughs> Super Bowl Challenge.nfl.com. yeah that's it check our Twitter feed at Gridiron I feel like we should discuss the teams with buys in a bit more depth because we're not going to be talking about them on Friday. But we'll talk about them plenty next week. You all know about the Cowboys and the Falcons and everything else. We're going to talk MVP. Um, in, a little while. in fact, should we do it before we do coaching changes? The MVP. Yeah, let's do that. I like that. Okay. So in terms of the MVP for this year, it was something I wanted to bring up today. Because firstly, I think there is now a huge shout for Aaron Rodgers to be in consideration. I'm with you. It led the NFL with 40 touchdowns, excellent touchdown to interception ratio overall. Uh, From four and six, he led them to a six-game winning streak, a divisional title with 18 touchdown passes without an interception in the last seven games. He's been back to his brilliant best recently. But it, it wasn't the consistency level that you've had from elsewhere. Not from the very beginning. Not from, you know, there was a lot of... The, the, uh, the game in um, Minnesota uh, comes to mind immediately. There was some other patchy... Uh, uh, I'd say patchy performances from him, but I think it's actually more from the way the offense was set up and the, the lack of separation from the receivers and the, Eddie Lacy going out, James Starks going out. None of that was beneficial and once that was all gotten over and he adapted to it that's when we saw some incredible play now the big the i think he's entered the conversation but i think the big conversation is matt ryan against tom brady yeah I, it seems to be a two-horse race yeah yeah and here's here's my kind of feeling about it well first of all let me ask your feeling about it because i've given my rogers case and that probably should have been your role how are you feeling about ryan against brady for the mvp I mean, it really, it's really a coin flip because on the one hand, Brady's record, I think it's 28 touchdowns, two interceptions, is the best ever. Um, but the Patriots did win three out of their four games when he was out. Um, they lost to Zip when it was Jacoby Brisket 
against the Buffalo Bills in that fourth game, the first, the last one before Brady came back. He's just been very, very good and metronomical in in his accuracy and precision. And but how much of it was things like that? Um, Edelman Edelman touchdown at the weekend where it was a a load of yards after the catch I think he has used Mitchell and Hogan a lot more but then with and that's a well-designed offense and I think they have a well-designed offense in fact Atlanta as well but then Matt Ryan had to overcome consistent injuries to his backfield injuries to Julio Jones and actually whilst there was no Rob Gronkowski this year which you could put into the argument for why Brady's season's been so good Martellus Bennett has filled in pretty admirably in that role oh Bennett's been outstanding well he catches well he's a big red zone threat I actually think there's not been a big drop off this year because of the Martellus Bennett signing and that could be key going into the playoffs and beyond Uh, my feeling overall is that so Brady finished with uh, just over 3,500 yards, 28 touchdowns, two interceptions, amazing rate. Best ratio ever in the history of the NFL, right? But over a shorter span of time. Ryan, just short of 5,000 passing yards, 38 touchdowns, seven interceptions, a huge 117 passer rating. If, if you're into like advanced metrics, you literally could go to Football Outsiders and you get Brady as number two value per play while Ryan is number one. Mm. You had a pro football focus... Brady grades out as the league's best quarterback, while Matt Ryan was second. So here is my feeling, and the Patriots fans aren't going to be happy about this at all. Yes, you've got two quarterbacks who both are in with a shout for MVP, but for me, neither of them scream at me that they deserve to be picked over the other. So I pick the guy who did it over 16 games instead of the guy that did it over 12 games. And actually, that's probably the best way to separate them. Both of them have got um, got those weapons. Both have had to to cope with injuries to star players and when I think the transformate this is Matt Ryan's best ever year and the big the big well takeaway from it is the, his lack of takeaways the lack of turnovers that he's he's offered up his decision making has been that much better and you could arguably say without the the way he hasn't turned the ball over and his um, his red zone efficiency going up without that the Falcons would, wouldn't be anywhere near where they are so, and, and whereas, whereas we saw with the Patriots without Tom Brady when it was uh, Jimmy Garoppolo they still won not much changed do you know what I mean so I, I, I am leaning towards Ryan and that's not because of the, the, the anti-Patriots bias that, that you that you have and has is, is washed <laughs> over me slightly no, no, but here's the thing as well. Um, Matt Ryan's worst game, which actually does drag down his statistics, was week one. Tom Brady and the Patriots traditionally start slowly. They are a team who learn and develop as the season goes on and get better and better as the year goes on. The Falcons' defence, although they had the sack leader uh, on their team, they ranked 25th overall. And yes, they improved as the season mm. went on. But the Patriots had a mid-season blip where injuries and uh, uh, the bizarre cutting um, all came home to roost a little bit. But then they got better and better and better as the season went on because they're so well coached. The Falcons' 25th overall ranked defence, You, when you're talking most valuable player, when you look at what the Patriots did without Tom Brady, with Jimmy Garoppolo in that system, with Jacoby Brissett in that system, Matt Ryan dragged the Falcons to that number two overall seed with his performances. 
Tom Brady was a complementary part of an overall brilliant system, which is probably going to bring the Patriots their fifth Super Bowl in his reign and overall. So well, I, I, that's why I think Matt Ryan is the MVP of the NFL. That was brilliantly put. I didn't like the the bit about you predicting them being getting a fifth Super Bowl ring, but the bit before that, <laughs> you know, uh, Brady being a complementary part, Matt Ryan dragging them. That was brilliantly put, and I totally agree with you. Well, uh, I like it when you totally agree with me. Ollie, what about but... Zeke Elliott? <laughs> there's, there's, there's a conversation to be had about Zeke Elliott. I like... I, the problem is, it's when you have that the, the phrase MVP. It says to you, most valuable player, and most valuable players, in theory, should be quarterbacks. It is a league where a quarterback is... Which I, quarterback is the most important individual player in, in any sport in any team sport I don't think there is an individual yeah, I was going to say uh, yeah. tennis singles yeah, we'll, take, yeah. <laughs> we'll, take, we'll take tennis out of this yeah, yeah, yeah. in any in any team sport it's the most important individual position in any team sport and if anyone disagrees with me on that at Wilgam on Twitter I'd love to hear their argument against it but then I do like it when it goes to a non-quarterback. And you'd argue that Dallas's entire identity is its run game. And, you know, if Zeke Elliott hadn't been rested for Week 17, as he was, even though we were promised he would go out there and target Eric Dixon's uh, rookie rushing record, you imagine he would have won that rookie rushing record, and deservedly so. Mm. He's been phenomenal. He's hands down the rookie of the year. And that's in a year where we have had players like Tyree Kill, like Dak Prescott, yeah. like other other guys in there who definitely deserve a shout but he's not a quarterback <laughs> unfortunately um, I think if people are going to vote for a cowboy you might even get some cancel out votes with people voting Dak Prescott he deserves a shout because he represents the whole team's identity <laughs> but he probably makes fourth on what is a bit of a weak list this year Derek Carr I, well, you know that I'm not as pop positive on Derek Carr as many others, and his numbers don't match up with the other people on the list. Um, it's kind of more. You see how important he was to the team when you see how they've been derailed since he broke his leg. But he's it's not how important he is. He's the team's MVP, but he's not the league's MVP. It's that kind of thing, isn't it? That is a great way of putting it, Ollie Hunter. You and I today are on fire. Yeah, you know, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I did. There was a kind of retiring players hall of famers conversation I wanted to have, but genuinely, while I was sunning myself in Portugal, I've only watched one game this week, which was the Lions Packers game. Oh my well, full, you lucky, lucky man. My full intention over the next couple of days is to watch. And you know, Aaron Rodgers putting himself in the MVP race very much sung to me as part of that. Uh, shall um, we do some uh, live planning? Do you do you want to watch the uh, Giants? Green Bay game together Sunday. Uh, was uh, my half, only problem is half sun- Sunday. I am on Talksport Two hosting La Liga Live, so um, you'd be more than welcome to come and join me at Talksport uh, for uh, a little bit of La Liga action slash NFL action. Uh, but yeah, I'm hosting Villarreal against Barcelona on the radio, and that program will go on until 10 p.m. I could come and see you for the second half. Well, no, let's do that. Let's. Um, I'll come and see you, and then we'll perhaps go through a couple of cheeky beers up at uh, the Hippodrome. Let me. Co- I'll. Mm, uh, let's let's talk about it off air. Okay, fine. Let's talk about it. Let off-air. me time check that as well. <laughs>
Okay, sorry, carry on. Uh, I did want to have a bit of a conversation today about retiring players and their Hall of Fame gambits. We don't know yet what's happening with the likes of Larry Fitzgerald. We're hoping he stays in the league so we get to see him next season. And he led the NFL in catches this year, so it's not like he was on an off-season. Yeah, he's not dropping off, is he? He's, the, he's not, you know, he's not Peyton Manning it. He's adapting, he's developing, but, you know, he's achieved a lot in his career and maybe he wants to step down. So that conversation isn't there yet, but we knew about two players who were retiring before their games at the weekend. Robert Mathis of the Colts, Steve Smith, currently of the Ravens, formerly of the Carolina Panthers, who, by the way, has to sign with Carolina to retire. I can't believe there's any conversation that he's not going to go and do a one-day deal at the Panthers to go back there and retire there. And even members of the Ravens staff playing and coaching have all said that as Mm. well. I love the NFL. That tradition, yeah, it's brilliant. I, it? I don't know whether they do it in other... I think they probably do do it in other American sports. I love that quirk of American sports. It's fantastic, isn't it? I also love the retiring of numbers. You barely get that in our football. Um, you only get it really when a player passes away. QPR have got uh, retired number 31, Ray Jones. Um, a youth player died, and he was going to be brilliant. But... I don't know. Maybe that's something that it could start bringing in here. That's, that's a conversation for the off season, I think. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> I think it might be. Ollie, were you on the show when we had Scott Vegeta on, and we talked about the way that he did his retirement? He was. Um, it, it, you probably know about his work with Steve Gleason and the mm. documentaries out there. Well, he. It was when he and Steve Gleason were climbing Machu Picchu, and um, he was contacted by the Saints, who had heard that he was planning to retire. And the Saints offered to him to re-sign with the team on a one-day deal so he could retire as an Orleans Saint. And he did it on top of Machu Picchu via an electronic signature pad thing and did his retiring from the top of Machu Picchu, which is pretty cool. No one else could ever beat that, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> That's amazing, yeah. Um, but it, it led me to think Robert Matheson and Steve Smith two of my very favourite players in the NFL and I, I was just kind of contemplating both of their Hall of Fame candidacies um, and I thought it was something we could discuss and maybe it's one for the off-season when, the hall, when they announce you know, more the Hall of Fame shortlist, shorter list we can look at those players just to give you my hot take immediately Will Gavin's hot take Steve Smith in Robert Mathis very borderline probably just out mm. I mean I, I agree with you there Steve Smith's been immense uh, I think there's a lot of competition for Mathis isn't there look we've got halfway into the show and not talked about the biggest news in the NFL this week uh, <laughs> is this going to be one of your fake outs no it's not oh that. the biggest news of the NFL is <laughs> <laughs> it's the hiring and firing of all the head coaches and retiring the hiring firing and retiring of all the head coaches because it, it sounds a bit like a uh, the 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 six wives of um, Henry the Eighth hired think, fired da- no retired uh, yeah <laughs> sorry carry on just carry on I don't know where I was going with that it didn't work carry on let's um let let's talk through first of all let's talk through the jobs which I think are borderline still at the moment there's still some talk about Bill O'Brien he took the team to the playoffs for the second consecutive season. But apparently, if they're eliminated, um, there is a chance that O'Brien and the Texans might mutually part ways. How involved? He's been so unhappy with what happened with the Osweiler. Well, that was my question. Trade. That was going to be my question. How involved was he in bringing in Osweiler? But I guess if he was unhappy with it, he 
didn't want Osweiler as his QB. Well, he gave he gave a lot of positive talk to the media, so I don't know how sure we can be of that, how much he was bigging it up in public. But it's clear that the ownership of the Texans wanted a big splash, and there weren't a lot of big splashes last year. Look, they could have held out a year and got someone like Tony Romo, potentially, if they really wanted to go for a big splash. It ends up that Tom Savage is the better of the two quarterbacks based on what we've seen this season, although he's not going to be playing Saturday. So that is an interesting situation, Bill O'Brien with the Texans. I also think Chuck Pagano with the Colts, who kind of appears to be safe at the moment. But, you know, he didn't... His post... His post-game press conference on Sunday was a weird one. I watched it back. One of this big rambling monologue at the beginning, and then kind of couldn't really answer anyone's questions, hadn't met with Jim Irsay yet, wouldn't say whether or not he thought Ryan Grigson was going to be mm. going to be involved. I think they're probably going to be given another chance, but they shouldn't have been given another chance last off-season, so why give them another one this year after another unsuccessful year? The O-line is starting to come together a little bit. There's a bit of a core there, but with Robert Mathis retiring... Their only viable pass rusher as an edge guy is gone, and he was already past his best. So, just... and they're so needy, the Colts on both on both lines. Really, they're I like needy. I like that they're needy. They're needy. They're, they're in need <laughs> of uh, on both on both sides, and they could do with two or three first round draft picks to help shore that up, but you know they'll end up drafting another wide receiver or something like that, something that they don't really need. Um, let me ask, Ollie, about the other teams that are in and around, though. So there are six teams without coaches so far. Um, there's an obvious answer to this, but we need to talk about each of them individually. Which, to you, is the most is the most enticing job? If you were a retired coach, if you were Nick Saban trying to be tempted out of college, if you were Jim Harbour trying to be tempted out of college, which job is the one that you would immediately go, yeah, that's the one for It's me. the Broncos. Clearly the Broncos. 100% the Broncos. With that defence, the... Um, uh, what's the guy... What's the defensive coach's name at... Um at the Broncos. Well, Wade Phillips. We Wade don't Phillips, know yeah. We don't know what's happening with Wade Phillips, old son of bum. But it's got some... It, it, it's ridden with his... D- gonna... It's ridden with his DNA, that that um, defence. So even if he goes, it's still got his, his stamp on it. So I think... Uh, yeah, OK, sorry. Carry on. We don't know what's going to happen with Wade. He, he tweeted, Coach's life, unemployed to Super Bowl victory to unemployed in three years or less. And then said that he's not unemployed yet, still hoping to be with the Broncos, of course. He was kind of preemptively expecting to be fired, I guess, when... Um, I don't, I, I, yeah, I, I basically think, I guess he was expecting to be fired when he... When Kubiak decides to stand down, I mean, Kubiak has to be discussed in general anyway. Um, it absolutely makes sense why he stood down, said the demands of the job are no longer a fit for me. Um, his conversation, what, what a kind of amazing way to end his career, going out when he thought he was going to be a coordinator for a couple more years in Baltimore and then stand down, concentrate on family life. One of his close friends, John Elway, a man he backed up to Super Bowl victories in Denver, calls him up, says, come be my head coach with Peyton Manning. He takes them to and wins them a Super Bowl and then gets to retire. 
kind of on top. He goes through the one more season, and yes, it was a tough one. Uh, they come out with a winning record, but don't make the playoffs. But, you know, he gets to then sit down with his best friend, and he got quite emotional talking about his conversation with John Elway uh, in his press conference afterwards. And it was quite touching to hear. Um, but it's, it's obviously, I think it is the strongest job overall. There are still things that need to happen on the offensive side of the ball. And it's no surprise whatsoever to hear that those are the kind of candidates they're looking at. Um, Kyle Shanahan, they've uh, they've scheduled an interview with the Falcons' offensive coordinator. Um, Haven't they done so with Anthony Lynn as well, um, uh, the Bulls' yeah. offensive coordinator? Anthony Lynn has been kind of linked with a number of these jobs who... You know, still at, uh, interim head coach at Buffalo. I don't know if that job stops existing um, after. I think it probably does. Do we think? Well, yeah, because then you know you're only a head coach of a team or interim head coach of a team that's going to be playing. Then they start so. to. Then they've got to hire a new guy for the next next season. So I think that stops. I don't I mean, know. They're, they're also a team who I wouldn't expect to hear Sean McVay's name mentioned around them. The, the uh, Washington offensive coordinator who's been linked with both of those other jobs on the West Coast. Um, you know that would be. I'd I'd be surprised if that wasn't the direction they went in. They've got Paxton Lynch there. We know how raw he is, but people still expect him to do well as a prospect. I overall liked Trevor Simeon's first season under <sighs> centre. He, I know a lot of other people didn't, but I thought that he showed a lot of what he needed to. And then there's always the possibility of you know going out and making the big splash. We, we've seen previously in the past they've been willing to do that. I don't think they'll go and get Romo. I think it's a very different situation to Peyton Manning. I've got a couple of other questions for you. What's the next most attractive job? And I've got one, I think, in particular in mind. What's the next most pr- attractive job for a head coach? Oh, I just looked at our Twitter. Craig Leddington said, if no other QB comes to Denver, which possible head coaches would be best for Simeon or Lynch? Well, I say Kyle Shanahan or uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sean McVay. Those were my two. So, excellent. We've answered one of your Twitter questions without actually telling you. Um, what's my? What do I think is the next most attractive job? Mm. Do you know what? I think it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's exactly what I was going to go for because you've got that defense, you've got those offensive weapons, and you've got a quarterback who has shown in his, especially in his rookie season, that he has got some skills. Whatever happened in his regression over the last, well, over this season especially, apart from the last two weeks where he was he was a bit loosey goosey, a bit freer, that seems to be the best. However, Jacksonville. As a, as a footballing town, a footballing city, isn't the most attractive place to go to. Am I, is that something you agree with? Yeah, no, it definitely is. Obviously, going to LA with the Rams, going to San Francisco with the 49ers, I'm looking purely at potential for success. And okay. I do think the defence and the young players on there, um, you know, whether it be Malik Jackson, Jalen Ramsey, superstar quarterback, Telvin Smith, one of the best outside linebackers in a 4-3 system in football, uh, Yannick Ngakui, uh, who eight sacks, fifth best total for a pass rusher, um, it, it, at his age since the league started you know these guys they've brought in great rookies they've brought in good veteran free agents the issue is the quarterback undoubtedly Um, they need to find the right role for Dante Fowler on the defence they need to work out whether Miles Jack is going to come in for Paul Poslesny or whether they're going to find a complementary role for him it needs some juggling but 
Bortles is a real issue with the way his numbers fell apart, with the way his mechanics completely fell apart this year. And that's got to be the big focus. And that's why I do like Tom Coughlin has been a, a heavy, heavy link with, um, with that job in Jacksonville. And to me, that's not surprising. When you look back on what happened in, um, in Eli Manning's first season, mm. when he came in and was a bit of a train wreck, in a number of games and had mechanical issues, but clearly had the brain of a quarterback, which I think is what Bortles can do, even though he's made some bad decisions under pressure. Coughlin could be the right person, but also Josh McDaniels is expected to uh, be talked to. Harold Goodwin, who I hyped up in a big, big way for a job last offseason after the Cardinals had that amazing year on offense. But for those that don't know, Josh McDaniels, Patriots um, offensive coordinator, Harold yes, Goodwin, yeah. Cardinals offensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah, all of those. Um, and Kyle Shanahan as well. So look, they're looking at the right sort of people for the job. Um, I'd say got- that's the most attractive... There's an outside shout as well for the Los Angeles Rams. Because even though everything we saw from them offensively this season was ugly, they need offensive line pieces. They probably need a new quarterback, even though they've gone and spent all those picks on him. They don't have a number one overall pick this year. But if you are the man to go into Los Angeles and make that franchise work, you could go down as a Hall of Fame head coach. Okay, so uh, I've got two more questions, actually. The... I'll go down the quarterback one. Mm. We've got a couple of quarterbacks, quite a few quarterbacks, who will be available next year uh, or, ne- or, or next season. Um, one of them we think will be Tony Romo. The other will be Jay Cutler. And the final one that I want to get your thoughts on and potential landing spots, and I think it's incredible the way he's been treated by this organisation, Tyrod Taylor. Where, if anywhere, could you see some of those guys landing? Right, sorry, so uh, Tyrod Taylor... <laughs> Tyro, <laughs> sorry, Tyrod Taylor, Jay Cutler, Tony Romo. Um, the reason I said Romo not to the Broncos is I think the difference between their situation and the Peyton Manning situation is that, first of all, Manning is a uh, once-in-a-lifetime quarterback. Romo's just a very, very good quarterback. Secondly, it was a one-off massive surgery, a horrible massive surgery, but it was a one-off injury that was suffered it wasn't a series a succession of injuries like we've seen to Tony Mm. Romo my concern is someone's going to make a big splashy signing on Romo and then he's going to last eight games and then his NFL career is going to be over do you think it's a bit Chicago Bearsy I would yeah very (laughs) I wouldn't pay a first round pick for him for love nor money um I think Jay Cutler actually maybe still ends up with the Bears now Fox is staying in town there's part of me that thinks that they're convinced that they can work it out um, if he goes anywhere else I haven't really thought about this you kind of put me on the spot okay 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 sorry Um, (laughs) no but it's bad of me that I'm not able to think about I mean it's a pretty good question it's a very you know, good if I if I blow my own trumpet and, um, and finally what about um, let's call it one for the off season what, what about Tyrod Taylor I'm, and how do you feel that he's been treated by that Bills organisation I thought I, I said it just now I thought it was disgusting well, I think that it's interesting because that final game, I, co- I totally understand from a fiscal perspective why they sat him out, right? And we haven't really talked about... We're talking about who could end up in the jobs, and we've talked about two of them so far of the six. We do need to definitely cover all six of them in the situations. But let's talk about Buffalo because I understand why they got rid of Rex Ryan. I get it. He is a big, splashy guy who makes a lot of noise and didn't quite deliver. 
But they would have, I believe that with Rex there and without it turning into a dumpster fire, they probably would have beaten the Jets in week 17 and they'd have gone eight and eight again. Not what they wanted, but not the end of the world. Now they have to start all over again. What Doug Whaley is still doing there, what Doug Whaley, the man who's put so much, invested so much of his career into the life of E.J. Manuel, why he is still in town, I have no idea whatsoever. What's happening at the San Francisco 49ers? Well, yeah, tell me. Who are I, the, I, I asked you at the top of the show if you're still a 49ers fan. Are you four, still one? What's happening with the 49ers <laughs> is a prime example of what probably should happen at a team like the Buffalo Bills if they're going to make the change. And that's... Trent Bolke had to go at the 49ers. He probably had to go two, three years ago when it was proved that he couldn't put together a, short, a good draft. Uh, He's done with, some great work there, he says. Well, yeah, he says that. I don't agree. Um, when it, Basically, he hasn't put together a truly good draft since Scott McLuhan, now in Washington, left the team and left his role in the, in the scouting and player personnel department. He's not put together a really good draft since then. I looked down the picks from the last four seasons and I pick out three successes, maybe four. One of which of, retired early. And what the, the most standout of which retired after yeah. one season, exactly. So he had to go, right? What I would have liked to have seen was him to go last off-season and for Chip Kelly to come in and be given, uh, not given a GM, but to have been hired with a GM, a tandem, a team that could Mm. work together to rebuild this team. I I think when you look at the fact that of the jobs available, we talked about which are the strongest, of the jobs available, which is the one I'd like the least right now, if it's not the Chargers just because of how fluid their situation is, then it's hands down the 49ers. I, if the Do you Chargers, think Chip Kelly was treated was, harshly? Yeah, so here's the thing. If the Chargers knew they were staying in San Diego and they had a stadium deal in place, that job would be more attractive than San Francisco. The 49ers have the worst roster in the NFL right now, and that's Trent Bolke's fault. And I understand that Jed York, who you can't fire an owner, even if he has been a mess and he's going to have appointed four head coaches in four years and is paying... $80 million to people who don't even work there anymore next season even with all of that dumpster fire being true I get the thinking, I get that you want to find someone like a well, who's been talked about in that Josh McDaniels has been talked about in that Sean McVeigh again, Anthony Lynn again, Kyle Shanahan, mm-hmm. these are all younger guys who they think they can build with and they've been talking with people like uh, Chris Ballard from the Chiefs who I have huge amount of respect for everything's really great Elliot Wolf, the Packers executive who's learned in Green Bay um, you know they, they're going out and they're trying to find younger guys who have learnt their trade under great names pair them together and try and rebuild from the ground up Would do I did I want Chip Kelly fired no do you think he's been treated harshly then I think he's I think the situation was the mess I think he probably should never have taken that job in the first place mm. he's a bit cocky and wanted to prove himself but there's an issue of there, this was always going to p- probably happen at the end of this year. And I think that I didn't want him fired for two reasons. One, because I think he is still a decent coach. And two, because I look at the other five teams and I think, well, if you're Josh McDaniels, why on earth would you come to San Francisco? If you've got options elsewhere, I mean, why? There's, there's always the option for him to do what he's done in the last two years when he's been interviewed for jobs and stay in New England. And then if he doesn't do that, he's probably got his pick of the other jobs. So why come to San Francisco? You know, that's my kind of feeling towards why I wouldn't have wanted him fired. But I get the decision. I think it's probably the right decision in the long term. Um, The other option was, of course, to have another season 
with maybe promoting Tom Gamble, seeing if it worked, and then next year when there's less competition for the big names, trying to get a head coach then. But you're basically accepting that unless somehow they fluke their way to a good team, then you're writing next season off already, and I don't think they want to do that. So, again, 49ers, a lot of the names I've already named, I think would be right, but the fact is is that I don't care if they go defensive or offensive because I think both sides need fixing in a big way and whatever you bring in you just need a good coordinator for the other side of the ball basically it's not like any of the other jobs where I think there is a particularly fixable area so I don't like the fact that Buffalo fired Rex but if they did it I don't know why they didn't fire Doug Whaley as well and you know the 49ers I'm still a 49ers fan but I don't feel good about it I want to ask you about why certain coaches are linked with certain jobs. Um, Matt Patricia, the Patriots uh, defensive coordinator, linked with the Rams job. Um, what else have we got here? Vance Joseph, uh, Dolphins defensive coordinator, linked with the Broncos job. Uh, I, I, I don't understand. Uh, Terrell Austin, uh, the Lions defensive coordinator, linked with the Rams job. I don't understand why a defensive coordinator would be linked with a team that already has a really good defense surely they need to bring in an offensive offensive coordinator or an offensive minded guy to fix the offense of the team rather than already shore up something or or have the identity of 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 defense i I just don't get that mike smith for one linked with the jaguars job um is an interesting one with Vance Joseph in the Broncos because there's the big connection with Matt Russell, um, the executive of the, the Broncos, and, and the link between those two. And the, there's a lot of people saying it's kind of his job to lose almost. I'm with you. I don't understand why you bring in a defensive guy when it's clearly the offensive side of the ball that needs fixing. It depends on who Vance Joseph brings with him, obviously, on the offensive side of the ball. And if you look at the other list of names, we've already talked about them. Sean McVay, Anthony Lynn, Terrell Austin, Sean... Like, a lot of them are on that side of the ball. Matt Patricia, yeah. yeah. Um, are on the offensive side of the ball. Matt Patricia's an interesting one because I, I get why he'd be linked with... I don't know. The offensive side of the ball should really be where most of these teams are focusing. It's really how much you buy into the idea that the head coach has a a hefty effect on that or how much they are, um, you know, how much it's down to the right coordinators and then they have the overall organisation of the team. I think you've seen it historically in the past, a good defensive head coach has come in and fixed defences. But is that just because that's their focus and they know good defensive coaches and they know, Mm. or is it because of the direct work they've done? That that's it's a it's a fascinating kind of look at it, and it's an interesting side of things to consider. We've spitballed um, a load of names around here. Yeah, there's there's so many them. names. Of all of these names, can you give me three that are destined to have a head coaching job next season? Wow, are we talking um, Carl Shanahan, Josh McDaniels, and Harold Goodwin? Are those the sexiest picks? Do you think I, I out of all of them? I think Harold Goodwin suffers from this season. Um, I, I think he's the one who. But isn't that down to the regression of Carson Palmer, rather it's a, than it's a, it's a lot down to that, rather than the, the offense itself? Because David Johnson was fantastic. Larry Fitzgerald still put up the numbers. It was just actually um, the offensive line didn't play to the level it played at last year, and neither did Carson Palmer. And hey, guess what? Harold Goodwin responsible for both of those, along with uh, uh, along with the head coach, of course, as well. But he switched. Larry, he was the guy who oversaw the switching of Larry Fitzgerald to a slot receiver, something Fitzgerald didn't want to do, and yet 
has had a complete rebirth in the last mm. two years of his career doing it. And the way in which they've gone about using David Johnson has been absolutely inspired in Arizona. Even if the rest of the offense isn't working, he is used in so many different and intelligent ways. Moved about the formation, used out of the backfield, used as a... And yes, you need... Do you know who, what he's like? ...talent to do that, but you also need the coordinator to have the guts to do it and the the coaching wherewithal to do it as well. David Johnson's a bit like a, a, a combination of both uh, Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. The way that the Falcons... He, he does it all on his own. But he does it all on his <laughs> bloody own. Do you know what I mean? I mean, that that is just incredible. Listen, we've spoken a lot about uh, the, the coaching carousel, who's hey, going where. We haven't mentioned two jobs yet. Let's just I mean, do we have to re- mention the Chargers and the Rams? Let's just let's just talk about them because go the Chargers. On, I, me- I mentioned it in passing, but the issue with the Chargers is, of course, the, um, the 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 fact that they could be playing anywhere next season. How you go about finding a head coach in that situation? You know my feelings on Mike McCoy. I love the man, and if the four, if the Jaguars could find a head coach to come in on the defensive side who has a personal relationship with Mike McCoy and could bring him in as a coordinator and he could work with Blake Bortles and fix those mechanics, I think that's a winning combination. But I understand again why he was fired. The record wasn't there. He's had horrible luck with injuries, etc. But he's not been able to turn that team around. Mm. And I understand why he's gone. I think it's disappointing, but I get it. Um, I just don't understand why you take a job where you just don't know what's going to happen. And you look again at the list of names linked with them again. I mean, Mike Smith, pretty cushy job with the Buccaneers. Does he want another shot at head coaching after it went so badly with the Falcons? Maybe it's an ideal sort of position for Vance Joseph to prove himself, but it sounds like they want him in Denver. It, it even seems more like the likes of Dave Taub, the uh, chief special teams coach, who's been heavily linked with the uh, with a, a move there. That's more the sort of coach they've got a chance of landing. I, I, it, it's a bit of a fascinating one. And then Los Angeles, what can you really say about the offensive side of the ball with that team? It's it's the worst. It's the worst ever. Uh, Greg Rosenthal was on the NFL show uh, this week and he said it's the worst offense. He went to the game, um, the, the Arizona game. It's the worst offense he's ever seen. There you go. Oh, strong words. Very, very strong words. So, you know, there's a lot to talk about and there'll be lots of news over the next week. And I'll certainly be tweeting a lot about the appointments as they happen from at Will Gav. And I'm sure Ollie will be doing the same. Yeah, man. And, and if you go to gridiron-magazine.com, there is a Tuesday morning touchdown article all about the coaching casualties and what uh, basically Matt Sherry has given his ideal fit for all of the jobs. Some of them I am pretty on board with. Some of them not so sure about. <laughs> when uh, Kubiak retiring. I, I can't go through them all. It's a disgrace. Sorry, carry on. Uh, Kyle Shanahan actually uh, is... Sorry, I'm just thinking Shanahan's a really good shout for uh, the Denver Broncos. But I'm going to go on about this for hours if we carry on, so let's move on. Um, have we got some Twitter questions? And we got, we got really cerebral then, so... Yeah, we didn't play any silly noises. <laughs> no, we talk, we it talked was, a lot. It was actual chat. I asked you questions. 
It was, a, you know what I mean? It's incredible stuff. Incredible <laughs> scenes going on. Maybe we should take a break more often. People don't come here for the high-end football content. I know. They come here for the silliness. I know. What are they doing? And on that very point, asked on Twitter, what's the best sports snack from Adam, home or in stadium, you've ever had? Best sports snack. Um, wasn't that... Do you remember when we went to a tailgate party... You're going to talk about the Chicago Flaming Buffalo Turn. I think I'm talking about that. I think that could be the best sports snack. That I just remember it being brilliant, but I can't remember exactly what it was. A Flaming Buffalo Turd is, if I remember correctly, chicken marinated in hot sauce. Yeah. Um, and then you, um, yeah. in like a chipotle hot sauce, yeah. you take a jalapeno, yeah. slice it in half, Yeah. Um, remove all the seeds, everything. Then you yeah. have, I think it's cream, from what I remember, cream cheese. Yeah. Cheese. Yeah. Chipotle and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and onions. Yeah. And then you wrap it all in bacon. Yeah. With the chicken and then barbecue it. <laughs> and it was spicy and it was dirty and it was. Yeah, the best. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that that for me. Good shout. Um, just having a look through some of the other... Someone's asked what the best bacon is. Why do they always ask about food? There's another the best item. bacon? It's obviously streaky smoked. Uh, yeah, I do like a, a good slice of back, though. For the... Yeah, but it, what I really love... You know when you go to those roadside cafes and, uh, or car park cafes... And you get a bacon sandwich, and it's that back bacon, but isn't totally cooked properly, but is cooked properly. You know what I mean? It's not really crispy. Yeah. Bacon roll bacon. That kind of bacon is great. Dirty, dirty bacon, but smoked. You're absolutely right. Hey, um, I got lambasted uh, on my on the drive show at Talk Sport because I had... But I have, that's how I... I mean, not so much bacon, but sausage sandwiches every time. Well, then you'd add the mustard as well, but... I can't. I, is that a weird thing to have? Red and brown sauce in a sa- bacon sandwich? I don't think so. I think. Nope. It, yeah. Thanks, mate. Thanks. I'm totally with you. Um, do you know what we haven't talked about today? Uh, and Alan Hazel, he points out on Twitter. Uh, enough, Aaron Repkowski. Have the Jets managed to? This isn't his question, but he raises the question. Have the Jets managed to out butt fumble the butt fumble? Okay. Oh yes. Um, oh no. Oh yeah. But that's the Bills that sort of. Yeah, I know. I know it's the Bills' up. fault. I know it's the Bills' fault. But the point is, the Jets have managed to score a touchdown, which is worse than the butt fumble touchdown for the the opposing. So you saying they've offset? It's like yeah. an offset butt I think fumble. I think they've offset the butt fumble, and um, they are now absolved of the butt fumble. It, the, if, sort of the butt you, fumble. You know, if it was if it was like a Sacco trophy, the butt fumble trophy <laughs> has now passed to the Bills. And and if you've not seen it, because you like me didn't want to pay attention to football that was meaningless this weekend, the Jets kicked off while already what twenty two points up in in the game or something, and for some bizarre reason, Mike Gillisley let it bounce into the end zone, and then I don't know in his head he went. Right, that's a punt, that's a touchback, right? Oh, no, wait, it's a kickoff, they can touch it! And didn't fall <laughs> on it in time, and they scored a touchdown. It was incredible. It's amazing, the the commentary of it the best is so good. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was incredible. Actually, I didn't know the rule, totally. So, 
uh, obviously until they said it, I was like, they can dive on that, can't they? And it's, it's, I loved it. It's the same as an onside kick. Well, exactly. But the re- recovery in the end zone. Whoever whoever touches the ball first recovers it from a kickoff. It's, it's incredible. Very difficult to make it. Them, but yeah, yeah love that. Love that. It's a little smoky. Um, yeah. So uh, a few more. Um, Dara asked, "Am I right in thinking that any other NFC matchup would be better for the Giants than Green Bay?" Because that's what. Should we Dara. save that question? Should we save that question, Dara, for uh, for the weekend? Dara's getting involved in the show. Oh, it, it's not that Dara Breen, sadly. Oh, okay. I really wish. I wonder if he has lots of followers because people think he's not. If I was him, I would definitely put my profile picture of me with a bald cap and see if I got loads of followers from it. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you could do that. Um, so we, it's not we'll Sky Sports Dara either. We're going to talk about that the weekend, Dara. We're also going to talk about Ian Crow's question, where the ESPN have posted a football power index of. Um, percentage chance to win the AFC would you like to hear the percentage chances they've given to everyone yes give it to me Patriots 66% (laughs) okay (laughs) so they've got a 2 and 3 chance Kansas City Chiefs 20% Steelers 9% now what order would you put the final three teams Considering they've only got six percent to share between them, so they go three, two, one percentage each. Um, I know Ryan Tannehill didn't practice today. If it's Matt Moore, oh, I'd probably put Texans top, even though it's Osweiler. I don't believe in the in the Raiders under Connor Cook. I'd go Texans, Raiders, Dolphins because I really don't like Matt Moore. They've gone Raiders, Texans, Dolphins, three, two, one, and they've gone. Is the general media completely overlooking the Dolphins and being disrespectful? I just, <laughs> I just think it's amazing that they've been given. They're one of only six teams in the competition, and they've been given a one percent chance of winning their next three. That's a, that. That is amazing. That really is. Um, but really, it really is. The fact is, Ian, they've got to go into New England and win, probably. That means they've got, probably got about a 1% chance of winning it. Um, Robert Kopp asks us about under-the-radar impressive rookies. Dak, Zeke, Joey, all getting plaudits, but Jalen Ramsey not getting enough love. I think we've given Jalen Ramsey a lot of love on this show. Yeah, I think we have. Um, we What we'll do is we're going to do our post-season awards, but instead of doing them after the regular season like we normally do, we're going to do them after... Mm, we could do them on Radio Row. I mean, we might get some rookies on Radio Row, which would then, it would it would fit. We Let's think about doing on Radio Row. Let's have an off-air conversation and discuss that. Because okay. that could be a plan. Um, and let's finish off Tom Marshall. Jed York said, you can't dismiss an owner. He did say that. But if you could, who would you dismiss? I mean, it was a ridiculous question from the reporter, wasn't it? Uh, was it? I mean, he needs to, Jed York needs to be questioned about how he has let this team go down the path. Well, yeah, but how can you dismiss someone that owns the club? I mean, I think that's a ridiculous question, but, you know, I think you may be too invested in uh, <laughs> in the 49ers to realise that that is a stupid question. All right, I'll take that. But um, if you could, who would you dismiss? Well, it would be very difficult to dismiss the Packers owners. Uh, because it's <laughs> all of them they've got a, I don't know a million of them um, I don't know I don't know enough owners I think you've got to pick somebody who's had a consistently poor team Jim Ursay's right up there for me 
the Colts have been a mess under us, eh? and have somehow just been lucky enough to have two Hall of Fame level quarterbacks. I'm sorry, that's the kind of level Andrew Luck looks like at this stage of his career. Lambast me if you want, Matt Sherry. Um, I, they, they've kind of luckily fallen into that, but they've not been a well-run organisation in that time by any stretch of the imagination. Stan Kroenke's got to be up there, but mm. he did manage to move the team to LA. Oh, you know who it's got to be, actually. I don't even know why I'm thinking about this, and I don't think it's even one of the suggestions that Tom Marshall has put up. What, the Rams guy? The man, no, that's Stan Kroenke. The Chargers guy. The, the man who definitely needs to be fired is Alex Spanos, the owner of the uh, San Diego Chargers. Yeah. That city and those fans deserve better. And they're not getting it, and it's horrible. It's it's really upsetting, actually. I feel sorry for um, Bobby Wilcox, who is in our in our, one of our fantasy leagues. Uh, he's, he's he's a great man. He's a great man, and he's a he, terrible GM, but a great man. Yeah, the worst GM. But he needs someone to love. He's not a terrible GM, by the way. Well, he is. Be nice to him. Be nice to him. I mean, hashtag shambles. Be nice. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> is that kind of like the office gossip oh, yeah, kind of oh my god something horrendous happened in the office today just before I came into the studio to say hello to you I went to you know take a leak and someone's ass has exploded it's the worst why do people do why that you, why have you told me that but why do people do that I know you missed the office man but you wouldn't miss this. Why do people do that? Just, ah, uh, 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 if they're listening, they're not. You should be ashamed of yourself. Probably. Sorry, Probably. mate. Carry on. It's fine. It's fine. I think we've kind of wrapped up. I think with this, I was concerned we weren't going to fill an hour because we weren't going to talk about the games. And Sarah's had to sit and listen to me talk to you for well over an hour. Um, she's nodding along. At uh, least I'm not there annoying her. So that's all good. Oh, did you get your cats back? Yeah, the cats are back. Hey. One is lay on the sofa looking. Thank you very much for taking them to the cattery for us. We did notice that all the furniture had been moved in the kitchen, so I assume one of them managed to get away. Sorry, I forgot to put it back. No, no, you didn't need to put it back. We just found it really funny. Um, yeah, one of them, the the ginger, the, the ginger one, hid uh, down there, and um, it was difficult to get her out. Sarah, would you like to shout thank you to Ollie? Oh, you're welcome, Sarah. I wonder, I wonder if that oh, was the microphone must have picked it up because you heard it. Um, brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. I'm oh, sorry, I've just seen a great tweet. This is a great way to end the show. Jim Kelly talking on ESPN's NFL Insiders on what it will take to snap Buffalo's streak of 17 years without the playoffs. Jim Kelly simply said, Tom Brady's got to retire. <laughs> he's um, He's been talking too much to Rex Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Stop the cat noises. Stop it. Oh, God, they're horrible. Right, on that note, I'm wrapping up. Uh, go online, search for our Super Bowl competition. In fact, go to our, our Twitter and you'll find the stuff about the Super Bowl Challenge game. You'll also find the stuff about the Super Bowl party um, and where you can buy your tickets. Just £10 with a free beer and a free copy of the magazine. Go and subscribe to the magazine and you'll get the latest edition with the UK report in it, including our sit-down with a number of the big names from the sport over here and a great interview with Jay Ajayi. Um, and touchdown trips if you're planning a trip to the US next year either come with us because you know you want to or plan it with touchdown trips they're getting you in the game and it is the very best place to tailor your trip to exactly what you want it to be Mm -hmm. Ollie any final thoughts Uh, just this 
Ollie, there's a showing of The Force Awakens at Cineworld Wandsworth in... Sorry, The Force Awakens? No, no, of Rogue One, A Star Wars Story in 50 minutes' time. Meet me there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I have not run that past my wife in any way. Um, can't do it. <laughs> Although I've seen it, it was fantastic. Uh, good. All right, I don't right. think I'd make it there in time. Uh, you definitely would. I've done it. It's just a quick train from... Uh, oh, you go to Wandsworth, don't you? Yeah. yeah. But anyway, we're not going to do it today, but we will go and see it together. Yes, we will. We, we must do that. Sarah's saying she wants to go. Do you want to go in 50 minutes to go and see it at Wandsworth, Sarah? She's shaking her head. Her first day back at school is tomorrow. Yeah, don't do that, Sarah. It's a school we'll night. Go, we'll all go together. I like that. I like that all a right. lot. Lots of love, buddy. All right, ciao, ciao. Uh, this thank you very much for listening check us out at Gridiron uh, on Twitter I kind of forgot we were doing a show then uh, <laughs> uh, this <laughs> this has been the Gridiron show with the Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.